Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Is it too early to start talking about NFL Coach of the Year? <laughs> of course not. Stone the Banowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yep. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 1063. Yesterday, Stone, we we got on Mike Greenberg a bit. He says Zach Wilson's that quarterback. And we like Mike Greenberg. We don't have anything against Mike Greenberg, but the man opened his mouth again, and he said something that I question. I question in a big way. It's time to talk Coach of the Year through Week Four in the NFL. Ken Levick alive on a Tuesday here on ESPN 106.3 free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. And a John Levine action in Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach. Phillips Point Towers, right off of the sunny yet quite comfortable Intracoastal Radio Life Partner. Friday Night Lightstone Labanowitz running this catastrophe until 2 o'clock. And we are empty and lonely as we don't have a third today. Stone, I thought we were pretty fair. We weren't mean to Mike Greenberg yesterday, right? Like you heard him right before us. You hear him every day now that it's football season. God, he took the whole damn summer off. But now that we're in football season, you hear him every day before us here on ESPN 106.3. We like to think he's our lead-in to the, uh, to the main event. Uh, but we weren't mean to him yesterday. We were just teasing him lightly. Right? We were making fun of him because he's so caught up in a 2-2 two and two jet start. Uh, so caught up in... One good quarter in Zach Wilson's NFL career, the 5-for-5, five 74 yards, leading the Jets to a victory over the mighty, mighty Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett-led Steelers. He's caught up in green emotion, and I get it. I understand it. Zach Wilson, when you have the quarterback. Now, he's not the quarterback. He's not that quarterback. He's not that guy. He's not him. He's just Zach Wilson. But fine, he played a good fourth quarter. I'll let it pass. I'll allow it. I understand that he's happy over an unlikely 2-2 two and two start. It's okay to be emotional about yeah. the New York Jets. They got a few wins. He said it was the best win that he's seen them get in years. In a decade. In a decade. So that's the best win they've had in a <laughs> decade. I mean, sweet Jesus. Uh, so, Mike Greenberg, who uh, I would think... He, he's just below Stephen A. Smith on the on ESPN constantly meter. For right? sure. There's Stephen A., he's at the top, and then there's Mike Greenberg. Probably a distant second, but he's second, whether it's his radio show, whether it's Get Up. This particular piece came from Get Up this morning, and now what's happening where the Cowboys have started 3-1, and one, you're starting to see it every 15 minutes on ESPN they are contractually obligated to start talking about the Cowboys. That's just something that happens in Bristol. If they start, if they if they're plummeting to earth, or if they are on a rocket to the heavens, those two extremes 
there is protocol that kicks in at ESPN. Sirens go off, red lights start spinning, uh, people are racing through the hallways to get into position. Every 15 minutes, they need to say something about the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, they have a pager. Their pager goes off when right. Jerry Jones makes a quote exactly. or, or Cooper Rush. They love to carry on that 3-0, 4-0, 5-0 right. stat that he's got going on. Right. Of course, the sirens go off. It's like a uh, th- that pager. It's like what surgeons have when uh, there's an emergency surgery and their pager goes off and they're at dinner like you see in the movies. Those, Honey, I'm sorry. I got to go. Emergency surgery at the hospital and they run out. That's what's happening right now in yes. Bristol. Uh, so Mike Greenberg, his pager went off during Get Up and listen to this proclamation. Yesterday I sat here and I listened to how Dan Quinn is responsible for all Absolutely. of the success. And now I'm listening to how Kellen Moore and Stephen Jones <laughs> are responsible for all the success of the Cowboys. Oh, and if they were 0-4 right now, we'd be firing Mike McCarthy. <laughs> Why does Mike McCarthy get no credit, the credit when they he win does. and we'd be firing right. him if they lost? I'm going to say this right now. They've won three straight games with a backup quarterback. Mike McCarthy is the coach of the year right oh, this minute, no. right this minute oh. in the NFL. Coach of the year. At this moment, through four weeks, Mike McCarthy. Now, I will say that the Cowboys have certainly treaded water expertly, perfectly, behind Cooper Rush. And and I'll always defer to you in quarterback observation, Stone, because you are the former D1 quarterback, the Southern Illinois star. Cooper Rush has looked the part. I, I, and I think it's preposterous that Cowboys fans, not in large, but a minority of them, have started to to, to throw out there on social media uh, or uh, on sports talk radio. Maybe Cooper Rush is our guy. When, when quarterback Dak, controversy, right? When when Dak is healthy, why wouldn't we stick with Cooper Rush? Like, I think that's patently insane. <laughs> um, but it speaks to the fact that Cooper Rush has has walked in and he's done a really really nice job. He absolutely has done a good job, and he's coming and done exactly what they've wanted him to do. But the track record isn't too impressive, right? It's the Commanders. Yeah, you it's, you beat up on a, I mean, a bad, a bad, a horrific Commanders team. Brian Dable and Daniel Jones and the Giants. The Giants, by the way, the most fraudulent three and one I think I've seen in quite some time. Most definitely, and then you know you did sneak the Cincinnati Bengals, which was impressive, and then but you lost was, to the Bucks, which wasn't even him. The Bengals were still a team that the week before had lost at home to Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, they're the most sacked team in the league. Right. You go up against Michael Parsons and them, so most of that is your defense. So, yeah, he's been impressive, but he hasn't really, you know, checked the box as far as being no. a leader or the guy. They might be on a backup quarterback, but based on the Cowboys hype machine that we heard leading into the season and how good this defense was going to be, haven't they more played to what we believe their status quo is going to be as opposed to them overcoming adversity and what an incredible job Mike McCarthy has done of weaving through the mountain range that is the first four weeks of the season with a backup quarterback. Now, uh, Mike McCarthy's done a nice job preparing Cooper Rush uh, and putting him in a position to succeed, but they still have an elite band of receivers to help said backup quarterback and they still have a defense that we had extremely high expectations for. I'm not overly surprised the Cowboys are three and one at, with a a first four that includes the Commanders and the Giants. <laughs> uh, it's good. It's good for the Cowboys. They've looked good. That defense is awesome. Dan Quinn has dominated. I mean, that defense is terrifying. 
They're the best in the league. They pressure the quarterback better than anyone I've seen in the NFL this season. But you can't tell me that Mike McCarthy has done the best coaching job. He's done a good job. I'm not trying to say that he hasn't done a good job. What I'm saying is that he has not done the best job through four games based on what he has on that talent-stocked roster. Yeah, and I think if you were to argue that he has done the best job, it's because they've won those games. And I remember and because we, they're the Cowboys. And because they're the Kardashians of the league. Right, and, they and the Cowboys on, make you, any, any mention of them makes your, your, you touch your nipples. Like, sure. I don't understand. There's this thing for the Cowboys we have. But I think what goes against us is that we all wrote them off. And even we did a funeral service for these NFL teams after week one. And when Dak went down, we said, oh, the Cowboys are done. But did we problem, mention, did we plan their funeral? Oh, yeah, we did. Oh, oh I didn't well, remember that. We said the Cowboys were done, which I think goes against mm. us, but at the same time, we didn't peek into their schedule. We didn't see that it was the Giants and the Commanders, so we would have counted those as wins if yeah. we had known that. So I think that goes against us that we did write them off, like the old Geno Smith. You know, we, we wrote them off, but they didn't write back. So here's Mike McCarthy now, kind of proving us wrong, but yeah, they haven't impressed anybody or done anything that surprises us. If we are on the air Monday, October 17th, okay? And the Cowboys are 5-1 and one at that point. After going to SoFi and beating the Rams, and I'm only saying this because the Rams will be at home, because the Rams on the road, eee, that was rough last night. And then you go to Philadelphia. Yep. If the Cowboys are 5-1 and one on Monday, noon, October 17th, I will issue a formal, loud apology to Mike Greenberg. I'm with you. I will tweet it at him. I may call in is Chen from South Florida <laughs> to his radio show and apologize to him. Because then Mike McCarthy, without a question, I think would absolutely be through six games the coach of the year. It is prime time too, Sunday night. Yeah, right. So, October 16th. So through six games if the Cowboys are five and one. Hey, Mike McCarthy, here's your flowers, brother. Here you go. You earned it. But until then, I'm not buying into what Mike Greenberg is saying about Mike McCarthy doing the best job because he still has an elite roster. You know who doesn't have an elite roster? The Jacksonville Jaguars. The fact that they look competent, the fact that they went into L.A. and beat the all-living bejesus out of the Chargers, okay? The fact that they hung in there and gave problems to the Eagles in Doug Peterson's return to Philadelphia over the weekend. Trevor Lawrence... I mean, Urban Meyer could have tanked him, and some thought maybe did tank him last year. They, that, 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 that first year under Urban Meyer was going to be so disastrous that we'd never see the full package of what Trevor Lawrence could bring to the table. And does Trevor Lawrence look incredible? No. Turn the ball over five times against Philadelphia. That was not good. If he doesn't do that, they win that game. Does he look like a guy, though, that is at least under a head coach who is allowing him to show off his strengths, putting him in a position to throw to uh, uh, to the spots that he's comfortable with? There's an actual blueprint, a plan. Yeah. And it's his second year. Those turnovers are going to happen. I'm not going to write off Trevor Lawrence, but largely because through the first month of the season, the Jaguars have looked competent. And it's amazing what happens when you bring in somebody who's not a jackhole, somebody who knows how to coach in the NFL, someone who understands how to win, and someone who gets how to work with quarterbacks, how your fortunes can change. The Jaguars are far and away not the worst team in the league. They're far and away not the punchline of the league, which is miraculous based on what we were saying about them six weeks ago, especially coming off of last year. To me, through four weeks, 
I think Doug Peterson's done the best job of any head coach in the NFL. I don't hate you for that at all. I think the Jaguars have been a pleasant surprise to everybody. Now we're excited to tune in and watch them Mm -hmm. play. It's not just tuning in to laugh. Right. Like last year it was, oh, how terrible is this going to get? Grab yourself some sipping tequila, sit back and have a hearty chuckle. Now it's, wait, they were going into Philadelphia. Uh, Maybe the Eagles could be tested. And you know what? They were. You're right. If not for the turnovers, the Jaguars win that game. What a role reversal that's been. That's Doug Peterson. Seriously. And they were only six-and-a-half-point underdogs in Philadelphia or at Philadelphia, so that was surprising to me in the first place. I talked about five turnovers. That's four fumbles and an interception. You take a 14-0 lead against Jalen Hurts, you're in the driver's seat for that game. And like I said, if it weren't for those turnovers, the Jaguars win that game, and I think you even have a stronger case with Doug Peterson. Because, I mean, you know that still, at times, Jaguar going to Jaguar. Jaguar going to Jaguar, So you put the ball on the carpet, and it's it's just being a Jaguar. It's just being a Jag right there. Yeah, they were down eight, and they had a minute 48, or I think two minutes 48 seconds to drive down the field and possibly tie the game, or at least cover the spread, which... You know, I think going into that game, nobody had really given them the chance. And what we saw from them is like, okay, fine. They earned our respect. They got our stand. This Jags team is good. So Greenberg says Mike McCarthy is the best coach through four weeks. I'm going with Doug Peterson simply because the Jaguars look competent to above average at this point. And Trevor Lawrence is no longer a lost cause. Uh, Where is your head at with, with best coach through four weeks? I think it's tough that we're not able to say Mike McDaniel. Right, with all of this stuff going on. We can say Mike McDaniel. I mean, we can, but now it's... It, he it, tried to murder Tua! <laughs> right, now now it becomes politics. And now we're all like kind of crossing our fingers in, in hopes that Teddy Bridgewater Fight plays well. Fight the court well. of public opinion, Stone. <laughs> right, Don't be scared. I'm giving in to the court of public opinion. Because uh. if Tua was still in the driver's seat, we'd be able to make this argument. And I would assume that Mike McDaniel would have the... The shortest odds to win Coach of the Year. He's probably up there. He's probably up there. But I and this isn't recency bias, but I'm going to go with Kyle Shanahan. Like I, I've been a non-believer in this San Francisco team, and then what we see last night: the defense is still one of the best in the league. <sighs> they finally find a way, just with football gods and the football karma, to get Trey Lance off the field and bring in the guy who's going to make fifteen, sixteen million dollars for them in Jimmy Garoppolo. And then Debo, just Deboing, man. I was going to say Debo, going to Debo. Holy and, 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 God! And all of a sudden. You're like, okay, here are the favorites to come out of the NFC. And all this jazz we've been talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. He looked good. He did his thing last night. They beat the defending Super Bowl champions. I think Kyle Shanahan just coming through again. I think we're talking odds. He's got to be three or four as it stands right now. Kyle Shanahan. And by the way, that entire division is two and two right now. Mm-hmm. And you've got the defending champs, the Super Bowl champs, that don't look very good. And I feel like we could have predicted that. Because – as up and down and as dicey as Rams football was at times last year, yeah. it's just continued into this season. They're not overwhelming. They're not dominant. And so they went into San Francisco, and the physicality of the 49ers just absolutely blasted them. They couldn't tackle. Jalen Ramsey is flying off of Debo Samuel like a Super Bowl. Like It was just complete domination, dragged the Rams through the mud last night. And speaking of adversity... Because that was something that Mike Greenberg had brought up. He used that word adversity when discussing Mike McCarthy. No one's, no one's trudged through more adversity 
than Mike McCarthy. That's why he's the best coach through four weeks. And when he says adversity, does he mean the questions that the media asks him after the game? Because I feel like that's all it is. Yeah. Or, or, or the social media slander. It, it, or is it just Jerry Jones sitting in his <laughs> office? <laughs> or is it just Jerry Jones yeah. asking him certain questions? Yeah. Uh, when, when are you going to have better quarterback play? When, <laughs> uh, when are you going to let Cooper Rush throw it down the field? Like, maybe that's the adversity. Right. I don't know. I'm sure Jerry Jones is super annoying to work for. Um, but then Kyle Shanahan with Trey Lance, and maybe he got, and this is going to sound bad, and I don't mean it to, and I'm going to apologize um, before I say it to Trey Lance and the entire Trey Lance family, but maybe just maybe you got a little bit of a gift from the football gods Mm -hmm. that a clearly not ready Trey Lance ends up suffering the season-ending injury, forcing your hand into an unhappy Jimmy G. Uh, The 49ers didn't want him. He didn't really want the 49ers. Uh, He had the offseason procedure that made his value plummet, even though his value probably wasn't overwhelming. The 49ers tried to deal him, couldn't deal him. He begrudgingly had to stay in San Fran. The 49ers had to begrudgingly keep him. And now he's come in and he's 2-1 and one this season as the 49ers quarterback and just did consistent Jimmy G don't lose you the game stuff last night. I, I I'm I think that's the case you make for Kyle Shanahan. I agree. It's it's that's super... more adversity than the Cowboys. I think. <laughs> it's, because that's that, a fact. That quarterback room not exactly friendly. It feels like. Yeah, you're playing with a quarterback who who doesn't necessarily want to even play for your right. team. And he got asked the questions, which I thought personally was a little unfair. But as soon as the game ended. Who did Kyle Shanahan got asked? No, Jimmy Garoppolo. They said, you know, how do you feel having had said your goodbyes months ago and now here you are on Monday Night Football primetime getting it done against Super Bowl champs? And he said, hey, sometimes you just got to roll with the punches. And then I, I kind of paused and zoned out for the rest of the interview. I thought I'm that like, was a great question. What did you have? What was wrong with the question? Why is it unfair? It's just a little weird because for me, if I hear that question, right, then I'm going to go into the locker room and then celebrate with the guys that. I had said my goodbyes too, and then the team I don't want to play for. We caught him saying last week where he read his lips that he hates the play calls. Or these play calls aren't good. <laughs> so, like, there's definitely animosity there. So, I think that's that's what makes it fascinating, though. Everybody should be asking Jimmy G. So, clearly, like, this isn't your preferred destination. Right. This is not where you want to be, but you're still finding a way to go out there and get the job done. I think, if anything, those questions set up Jimmy G to make himself look real good the way he answers it. Sure, I guess I just feel personal about it because I, I feel... you like mediocre quarterbacks, and I get it. <laughs> yeah, I definitely... You love him, and it's fine. I, I do, and, and I felt disrespected. I don't know why, personally, but the fact that you know they went to Trey Lance when we kind of all knew that he wasn't ready. Yeah, and they're kinda, trying to justify the pick, man. Uh, see, now that's that's the problem with me. Why are you trying to justify the pick? This guy was in a Super Bowl in 2019. He took you to the NFC Championship last year. Like, roll with the punches, Because Shanahan. he's not dynamic. He's not dynamic. That's the thing. And so you feel like he, he looks dynamic. He's not dynamic, um, but he's also been to a Super Bowl and to an NFC title game and came a play away from another Super Bowl yep. in three seasons. You can get major value for him. Just like you gave up value to move up in the draft to get Trey Lance, you can get value back. Um, uh, if not a first, at least uh, a second and a fourth or something along those lines. If you're lucky, maybe a first for Jimmy Garoppolo, and it never came to fruition. And so now you're sort of stuck, and that's why I'm saying I kind of I'm with you uh, to an extent with Kyle Shanahan. I'm still sticking with Doug Peterson, but Kyle Shanahan's overcome more adversity this year as a coach because it's clear there's not a great relationship there, yet they're still finding ways to get it done.
Yeah, that's easily more adversity than anything the Cowboys have had to face this season. Hey, Mike McCarthy, your roster is awesome. Dak went down. That stinks. Oh, wait, you have the best receiving core in the league, though. Oh, the adversity. Like, again, it's a good job, but this whole overcoming adversity thing, it's only adversity because the Cowboys quarterback situation gets so much press. It's like when Tua goes down with a concussion. If that was anybody else, we'd say, my God, that was terrifying. But we wouldn't sit there and right. fake uh, the the uh, so many people are faking concern over Tua's well-being uh, and that opens the door for them to take shots at the Dolphins. It happened to Tua. It's blown up. It's magnified 50 times more because that happened to Tua. And so now we say that, oh, the adversity, my God, you lost Dak. It's because there's such a magnifying glass at all times on the Cowboys quarterback situation. If this was Arizona, we wouldn't be having this conversation. If this was Minnesota, we're not having this conversation about overcoming adversity. But it's the Cowboys, so it's, oh, a flashpoint organization. People always want to talk about the Cowboys and their quarterback went down. Who adversity. And that's why Mike McCarthy is the coach of the year to this point. Yeah. I'm afraid that this Sunday night football game between Dallas going to Lincoln financial and playing the Philadelphia Eagles is going to be one of the most hyped primetime games of the season. And for what reason, I'm not quite sure. I know the Eagles most likely will be undefeated and Dak will be back, but I don't know why we need to put these Cowboys in the driver's seat for anything necessarily. Yeah, I'm still waiting to see on them. But they're fine. They're good. We, they should be good. We thought they were going to be good. Their defense is playing awesome. We thought their defense would play awesome. I'm not surprised by anything the Cowboys have done. Right, and you mentioned that earlier on the segment, saying that they're on par with what they usually do, right? They get everybody's hopes up. Like, they're right on track to what they usually do. I'm bring us all the way up here. And then they poop stars. And then they just lay an egg. Right. Later on down the road. So right, for, right on the blue star. They lay the egg. It's covered in poop. And then so, their season's over. So for everybody thinking this 2022 NFL season was going to be anything different. Yeah. Nope. Welcome. Welcome to the NFL. Welcome pretty to much, the Dallas Cowboys. Pretty much going like the script Absolutely. is written every single year. Mm-hmm. So I say Doug Peterson. Stone says Kyle Shanahan. Mike Greenberg started this whole conversation proclaiming Mike McCarthy is the best coach in the NFL so far this season. Through four weeks... Who's done the best head coaching job? Through four weeks, who has done the best head coaching job in the NFL? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Through four weeks, who's done the best head coaching job in the NFL? Now, you did bring up Mike McDaniel, and... I, I really hope you didn't cower away from that because some people are mad at him for no reason because of Tua being brought back into the game against the Bills when that was truly, it looks like, him and the Dolphins following NFL protocol and full clearance to go back into the game. Oh, Mike McDaniel should have seen it. No, no, no. We, I, I, I still I think that that's silly. So I hope that you're, you're not bowing down to the angry social media masses on that because Mike McDaniel... The way he has taken, again, the most divisive quarterback in the NFL. Maybe the most divisive player, period, in the NFL. Everybody has uh, an opinion on Tua. So many people just want to knock him down, no matter what he does. And you and I have discussed how exhausting it is that we are constantly going on a throw-by-throw breakdown of Tua. Throw-by-throw. Nobody gets that same treatment. Nobody. 
Um, uh, who? It was underthrown by six inches. Who? It was off the mark by eight inches. Who? Too much loft. It's just, it's exhausting. And what Mike McDaniel spent an offseason doing was taking his pieces and putting Tua in a spot where he can make quick decisions, deliver the football to his spot. He'd have a receiver there, able to utilize the Dolphins' speed, so much so that Tua, going into Thursday, had the best QBR in the entire NFL. This is a guy who's top five in yards in the NFL. This is a guy who rarely turns the ball over when he does. Oh, my God! But it's so rare that... People, the people who want to crush Tua have to wait and wait and wait, have all that pent up, told you so, when he finally throws a pick. I mean, this offense was a nightmare. There are 17 offensive coordinators with the Dolphins <laughs> last year. Mike McDaniel comes in and has been everything as promised. Completely overhauled the offense. It looks totally different. The movement in the backfield is really, really impressive in how they utilize their pass catchers. You've got a fullback who's catching balls 25, 30 yards down the field when he's not steamrolling guys. Literally. Uh, I mean, it really is impressive what Mike McDaniel has done. And the fact that through four weeks, and we'll see what the Teddy version of the Dolphins are, and that changes this conversation moving forward, either enhances Mike McDaniel's case or just drops it off a cliff. But the fact you can make a sane argument that the Dolphins are better than the Bills, that the Dolphins are the favorites in the AFC East, that is a credit to Mike McDaniel. That right there is his case for being the best coach through four weeks, and I think it's damn strong. Now, that's a really strong case, but I also think the rest of his kill list... It, That's it, the th- he might have the best resume. You're right. He does. He, he right. has a better resume than Doug Peterson. He has a better resume yep. than Kyle Shanahan. I mean, he's got a better resume than anybody else in the league. His head coach kill list through four weeks is elite. Bill Belichick, okay? Then you go on to John Harbaugh, okay? Then you go on to Sean McDermott. The Super Bowl favorites. The Super Bowl favorites. And then, if Tua doesn't get hurt, you can go ahead and put the Bengals on that list as mm-hmm. well. You can put uh, Zach Taylor on that list as well. So easily, I, I, you're right. I mean, as far as resume is concerned, I mean, Mike McDaniel, he's probably got the best resume. He's probably got the best resume. <laughs> Mind you, if, it's his first year. If you're going by that, he is the best coach through four weeks, I think. Which I think carries weight as far as on if you wanted to check the odds out or you wanted to go to the court of public opinion, like that kill list carries the most weight. That makes most people halt their argument. Like, whoa, I mean, it is Bill Belichick. It is the Bills. It is these guys. It is Ravens and Lamar Jackson in his MVP contract year. Like, no, they've been slayed early on in the season. Best head coaching job in the NFL through four weeks. Who is it? I'm going to go with Doug Peterson. Stone's going Kyle Shanahan and Mike Greenberg. Ah, Mike McCarthy. Nobody's overcome more adversity except that roster is really, really, really good. Who's done the best NFL head coaching job through four weeks? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Twitter is open, at KLV1063. We got plenty of social media. We'll give those to you when we return. But get in, 888-760-3776. Who's the best NFL head coach through the first month of the season? He's still on the banner with Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. <laughs> From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live 
on ESPN 106.3. We have breaking Tom Brady news. It looks like he is saying farewell. We'll get to that in just a moment. How's that for a tease to keep him hanging on, Stone? I love it. That was professionally done. I love it. And while you wait for the breaking Tom Brady news, let me tell you about Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Is joint pain affecting your quality of life? At Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, their team is experienced in traditional joint replacement surgery, as well as new, less invasive treatments with the goal of returning you to what you love as quickly as possible. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. Who's done the best head coaching job in the NFL through the first month of the season? I'm going to go Doug Peterson in Jacksonville. Stone says, give me the Niners and Kyle Shanahan. Mike Greenberg, he started this entire conversation for us on Get Up by proclaiming Mike McCarthy is the coach of the year through four weeks. Who is the best NFL head coach through four weeks of this season? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Let's get to breaking news brought to you by St. Lucie Battery and Tire. Important sounding news music, please. From the New York Post, the headline, Tom Brady, Giselle Bündchen, hire divorce lawyers amid marital woes. As written by Sarah Nathan and Emily Smith, who are on the case, Tom Brady and Giselle Bündchen seem to be heading for the end zone. Both have retained divorce lawyers, multiple sources tell Page Six exclusively. As previously revealed, the couple have been living separately for the past couple of months following an epic fight. And they're now apparently (laughs) looking at dividing up their multi-million dollar empire. Quote, I never actually thought this argument would be the end of them, but it looks like it is. One source in the know tells Page Six. Reps for Brady and Bunchin did not respond to requests for comment. Tom Brady's going to play until he's 50 years old. That's my takeaway. Yeah. Now wife is out of the picture, apparently. This dude's never going to (laughs) retire. He's never going to retire. We're going to have more flirtations with the Dolphins. Well, I mean, I honestly think that there's a better conversation to be had about where Tom Brady plays next year than will Tom Brady play next year. Yeah, now he's free. Now he's able to fly. He's able to fly. So, Tom Brady, it looks like it's a done deal. It looks like the the training camp break, the Wednesdays off, stuff hasn't worked. Now they're just going to start divvying up properties. Apparently, they have a property in Costa Rica. They have, let me see if I'm getting this right. They have a property in Costa Rica. They have a, uh, a $26 million property portfolio overall, uh, which is absurd. Uh, they have a $17 million home on Indian Creek Island in Miami. It's nicknamed Billionaire's Bunker. They were going to knock down a 5,172-square-foot, five-bedroom mansion and rebuild 
Well, that's not going to happen anymore. They have uh, a condo in Tribeca. Uh, They've got uh, property in Montana, as all rich people do. Again, there's the Costa Rica home. That, according to sources, is Giselle's favorite. Uh, And then they have another home uh, in Miami as well. So they'll divvy that up. But Tom Brady, Giselle Bunchen, looks like they're on the outs. That's it. The big D is coming. Divorce is coming. (laughs) I'm just curious. Is it now, is it more appropriate to discuss where Tom Brady will be next year, where he'll play next year, or will Tom Brady play next year? Because I think it's definitely now a question of where. Now, I'm going to be that guy. But just imagine if we were sitting on ESPN Radio talking about Aaron Rodgers' relationship. Uh-huh. Aaron Rodgers, when he's going to retire, how he took 11 days off in training camp, how he takes Wednesdays off in the middle of the uh, season. Oh, you're going to do this hypothetical. I am going to do this hypothetical because, I mean, somebody should do it. We're over here breaking news about Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen's divorce in the middle of a season when these guys just got their ass kicked by Kansas City. It's like, like since when did this become a, a thing? And now, now, it's really newsworthy stuff. But we should be making fun of Tom Brady and, and this guy that we've touted. Why are we making fun of Tom Brady for divorce? What's there to make fun of? What does it matter with you? Because he's been this guy who's been so stout and so, you know, goal-driven, Super Bowl ring-driven, and now so those we are, feel bad for him? No, those are typically the people that a lot of the times marriages don't work because they are so career-oriented. They're so mm. goal-driven. Sure. You understand that, and so is she, and she put a lot of her own things on the back burner to uh, get knocked up multiple times and to push out <laughs> kids and move to Boston. And now... It's her time. He's, he's damn near 50, still playing, and she's like, uh, hey, bro, I still got my stuff. So that's probably why this is happening. We're not making fun of him. What if, what if, let's just play the hypothetical game here, Stone. What if uh, it's, it's a random Thursday in March, okay? And I'm getting ready for the show, and you walk in here, and you've got tears streaming down your face, and you're blubbering. And you're like, my life will never be the same. Like, what's wrong, bro? Uh, just kicked me out. Just kicked me out. We're done. Uh, the love of my life. I-, I don't know what to do. And I just sat here and made fun of you. Like, oh, are you going to suck it up, bro? Are you some sort of B, bro? Like, what if I did that? That's what you want me to do to Tom Brady? Well, so you, <laughs> you use the my quote. My life is over. <laughs> you use the quote, I don't know what to do. Well, that would be the case because I wouldn't know what to do, right? I have uh-huh. no money. Uh, right. I got none of this, none right. of that. She handles well, all the bills and stuff, I'm right. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's like, how, but don't worry, that's paychecks. how my marriage is. I'd, I'd be in the same spot. <laughs> sure, but instead we're talking about a guy who lives in Billionaire Bunker. <laughs> billionaire Bunker. Okay, that's a fair point. Two cribs in Miami, Costa Rica, Bahamas, He's got like Trebeca. a production company now. Co- yeah, yeah. He's, and he's, he just signed a $500 million deal with Fox, right, just to sit there in front of the camera and <laughs> jib-jab uh, for, for, for a few hours. Jib-jab. And we, we, no, no, this guy's got six rings, seven, whatever it is, seven rings, and, and lives in Billionaire Bunker, and you expect me, 24-year-old me, to come here crying and take it. Yeah, you should take it easy on me because my life would be in shambles. I do feel This guy's bad. riding solo. But you, you all understand what this means. We're not done with Brady. We thought we were done with him when he retired for 17 seconds. <laughs> There's something there. He's not retiring anymore. He's not. I almost wonder if we should just speculate where he's going to be quarterback. Forget the question of where is he going to be over is he going to play. It's almost let's just let's just start hypothesizing 
where he's going to be, where he's going to play, what team he's going to be on. Yeah, a little double entendre. Old Tom Brady back on the market. He's him in his, both ways. His high cheekbones and his sunken in cheeks and his kale. They're going to be playing again next year. <laughs> They're going to be playing. Let's let let's let's go. Uh, the uh, put put like 60 40 80 20 what are the odds now that Tom Brady plays next year now that it looks like him and Giselle according to the New York Post are going to be divorced he he is is going to be rid of the old ball and chain what is the percentage that Tom Brady plays next year and I'm saying full-fledged 80 20 I'm almost close to saying there's no doubt he'll be playing next year. Where? Not sure. Could it be the Dolphins? No idea. Will Steven Ross try to tamper again? Probably. No <laughs> lessons learned there. But what is the percentage now that it looks like Tom Brady and Giselle are done that Tom Brady plays again next year? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just say this dude's going until he's 50. We've got like four more years left of this guy now. The one thing about Brady... And I was going to I was going to bring this up before we knew anything about this. We I sat here yesterday, and I said that oh Brady's numbers three sixty seven uh, against the Chiefs in that loss on on Sunday night they were empty numbers. Like he was fine though. Like he was he was fine. And I was thinking about it this morning. Like maybe I was being a little bit of an exaggerating fool because he was fine. How many times the way that Mahomes is playing right now are you going to win a shootout with him? Right? Absolutely. And so I was being unfair to Brady, but I think where we are overly observing Brady right now is his mannerisms. And he's breaking tablets. He looks miserable. I don't read body language, but I haven't seen him looking like he enjoys the game at all this year. And I wonder how much of it has to do with what's going on outside of football with him. And I think that's what initially has driven me over the first month of the season to say, that's definitely it for Brady. But I wonder, I just wonder, if once this stuff gets finalized and he's able to fully focus again on just football stuff and not lawyers and splitting up properties and divvying up money, if maybe... That's going to be a little bit of weight off of his shoulders where he can just go ball a little bit instead of breaking tablets over his knee. It's interesting, and I think I will jump on board with 80-20, and the first team that comes to mind is San Francisco. right? You pay Jimmy G a 16 mail. He takes you in the playoffs. They lose. You can bring in Tom Brady, and you can have Trey Lance learn from Tom Brady. So you think San Francisco is the destination for Tom Brady? Because I think it was before the season started. Or post-retirement, it was, hey, he wants to come play for San Francisco. He wants this ready-made team. He wants a good defense. And I'm not saying this Bucks team is bad. Their defense is really good. He still has the weapons around him. But I think he does have to get out of Tampa Bay. I don't think he just continues to keep running it back with his team. What is the... Um What's the largest media market in the United States? It's in California. Or is, is that is that what you're looking for? It's New York. I'm just oh, saying. Oh, don't do what it. What if the Giants wanted to make no. a splash? A little tick for tag? You Bring give us Tom a- Brady to the Big Apple <laughs> with an offensive mastermind yes. in Brian Dable. What if? I mean, there's rumors that OBJ and the Giants have been flirting a little wow. bit. I'm just saying, what if? What if? Tom Brady, a New York Giant? Mm-hmm. I love that, and I think he'll look damn good in that blue. I mean, uh, 
You want Brian Dable. You want Saquon Barkley. You want Odell Beckham Jr. back. You want these guys. I'm, I'm, I, I like this question now. <laughs> I like this question. Even Landon Collins was in the building last night asking questions. Now that Tom Brady is getting divorced and he's clearly going to play football for another at least four seasons, where will he play next year? Stone says San Francisco. I say he'll be a giant. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. On Twitter, at KLV1063. Now that it appears as if Tom Brady is getting divorced, where is he going to play next year? Because we know what this means. There is no retirement in this man's future. He's going to let it ride. He's going to keep going. I just, I'm, if I'm the Giants, I'm inquiring. Don't do it from a yacht during the season. Don't tamper. But all I'm saying is Tom Brady, media mogul now. Yes. Why wouldn't he want to go to the Big Apple? And I wonder, do you think he ever takes that Fox broadcasting job? I do. I do. I think it's the job that all these guys want nowadays. But it's so rigorous, and there is so much travel, and it is really, really exhausting. I don't know if once he's done playing, he fully understands how taxing that job is. Yeah, so for the custody battle, you just take the kids during the week. Hey, Giselle, you got them on the weekend. I got to travel. State to state around the country. Here I go. Hopping on PJs, left and right. Mark messages, in the 11 days that Brady missed, he was sleeping on Gronk's couch because Giselle kicked him out of the houses. <laughs> Brady should hang it up and move on to broadcasting, be single, play the field in a different way. See, I don't think he's into that, though. Hell no. I think he just wants to keep competing. He does, of course. And now, you know, what comes to my head with the Giants is now, if you're Dable, Right, that devil on your shoulder saying, hey, we can't keep winning these games. We're 3-1. and one. Daniel Jones is in a contract year. What happens if we go... No, that's fine. Just don't re-sign him. Who cares? 10-7. and seven. Who cares? 11-6. One, and six. one, Daniel Jones is hurt right now, so you're riding with Tyrod Taylor, it appears, for a Who's couple of weeks if he's not hurt. He's in concussion Actually, you know protocol. What? Saquon Barkley is their quarterback <laughs> right now, so see, there's nothing to worry about. I guess so. There's nothing to worry about. Just think about it with Brady, and I can't believe I'm advocating for this for the Giants, but you've got Saquon in the backfield. You, I mean... Your receiving core could be better, but you trust Brian Dable working under him. Surely there's going to be a competitive familiarity and a coming together of minds with Dable and Brady. I'm just saying, Giants, Giants fans, get excited over the prospect of Brady. It's happening. I'm just planting that seed. <laughs> Trying to stir it up. Yeah, I mean, we got to claim it if it happens. Because, I mean, I think those are two good landing spots. San Francisco, New York, go to MetLife. You mentioned the biggest market in, yeah. you know, all of sports. Yeah, so I, absolutely. I think it's a possibility. I, you know, but I, again, like this divorce means that he's not going anywhere. We're stuck with this guy. Every conversation that we have about Tom Brady always comes back to we're stuck with this guy. Because he won't go away. He just won't go away. And I've come to terms with it. I'm tired of him. I'm sick of him. But I've come to terms with it so much so that I'm more than willing to start speculating. I mean, imagine if you're Denver and you went out and you traded for Russ and then you spent all that money on him when the next offseason, Tom Brady was going to be available because Giselle left him. I mean, think about how terrible that has to feel. Oh, yeah. Think about how miserable. Instead, you've got the most mid of bid money quarterbacks right now uh, <laughs> just just uh, midding out in Denver when Brady could have been available for you. What about, what is Stafford's contract? I'm not sure. Stand by. Yeah, just check on Stafford's contract because speaking of mid, 
That doesn't look very good, especially when they're outside of the confines of SoFi Stadium. I'm just curious because you know that's the way the Rams do business is they just pluck big names that are looking to chase one more ring, which is good. Um, Stafford got his. Now it's time for him to part. I just I don't know what his contract is. Signed until 2025. Oh, okay, so they're out of the picture. Four year, $160 million until oh, yeah. 2025. So they're not trading him. <laughs> no, sir. No. Where else? Mm, I mean, the Dolphins. But I feel like that ship has sailed after Ross blew that. The ship has definitely sailed. And also... We don't want Tua Anon on our back. I mean, we can't do that. Because where are we shipping Tua off oh, to? Oh, bleep Tua Anon if that means Brady's coming to the Dolphins. <laughs> oh, wow. Let me clip that. Yeah, just do it. I love Tua. I'm the president of the Palm Beach County Treasure Coast Tua fan club. But <laughs> get the hell out of here if you're going to attack me because Tom Brady is the Dolphins quarterback over Tua. How gross would Tua look in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform? Just a little trade, a couple million bucks, a couple picks. Another thing about the Mike Bucks, Mike Evans too, and them would just run for the hills. When when uh, Brady is upset and walking to the sideline and they're struggling against the Chiefs, and you just – and I, I like Todd Bowles, and I think he's a great defensive mind. But it is so much easier as a fan when he's the DC and you don't have the camera on him all the time because his face – is always the same, no matter if things are good or things are bad. You never know where he's at, what he's thinking about. When things are bad and you look over and Todd Bowles is just staring blankly into space ahead of him, that drives me, and I saw it when he was the interim coach of the Dolphins, it drives me insane. It's like, bro, just react to something. Like, just have one facial expression so I know that you're either happy or upset. One, because I'm a fan and I want to know you're engaged, and two, because you're freaking me out. Yeah, I wonder if the, the, the camera guys hate that job. All right, we're coming to you, camera four. We're coming to you, camera and four. And it's just Todd Bull staring and, right into the and, camera. And you're just staring at the same template for two hours, right, three hours right. straight. It's just his mouth is a perfect straight line, and he's just staring right into the camera. Like, Todd, do something. Like, show something, they anything. Should, they should try to run the same frame and see if anybody picks up on it. <laughs> just because it's <laughs> the, the same yeah, face. This is from two hours ago. <laughs> this is from two minutes ago. And it's the same yes. exact face. Uh, Tom Brady. He's divorcing Giselle, according to the New York Post. This dude's just going to keep on playing. Where is Tom Brady going to be next year? Is it going to be the Giants? I say he'll be in New York. Stone says the Niners are going to go get him. Who could be a surprise entry into the Tom Brady newly single sweepstakes? Because I'm telling you, wherever he goes, ladies, it is open season. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Where is a single Tom Brady going to play next year? 888-760-3776. He's Don Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Tom Brady running through the tunnel at MetLife Stadium. Adoring cheers from the blue-clad Giants fans. And we were looking, I honestly think San Fran or the Giants are the only two common sense destinations where Tom Brady could go next year. And again, we know we're we're reporting, Ken Levick Alive reporting first that Tom Brady will play again in 2023 <laughs> because the New York Post is reporting that Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchin are divorcing. Yeah, credit that to us. Yeah. So 
I don't want to hear it. Christine Lisi on ESPN Sports Center updates throughout the day on ESPN 106.3. Um, uh, I, I, I want to make sure that she credits Ken Levick, Stone Labanowitz, Tom Brady playing in 2023. <laughs> How do we know this? We're just smart. We just do this. We just do this. Um, Stone says San Francisco. Yeah. Maybe they can finally deal Jimmy G. Right. Um, Tampa Bay would invite Jimmy G, I think. Yeah. Now, Seattle. But do they have enough? Would Tom Brady want to go to Seattle? Is there enough on offense, though? The prospect of playing with DK Metcalf, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think when he initially came to the Bucks, it was it was a similar thing. I, of course, he had. They'd have to do some work on the Mike offense. Evans. Question, though, I don't know why this came to my head, but if he does go to the Giants, is he going to wear the Eli Manning sleeves? The ones that hang real low down, oh, to, his, down to his elbows? That's a good question. <laughs> Isn't it? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure at all. Now, I hopefully it would go better for Brady than Kurt, the Kurt Warner experiment when he was a Giant. Oh, God. That was a problem. But I just, yeah, San Fran in New York. I don't know where else there'd be a fit for him where they haven't already locked themselves into quarterbacks because Derek Carr just signed a three-year extension. Yep. Uh, there's no way he'd want to go to Houston. Nope. Uh, New Orleans? I mean, New he Orleans? can't stay in the NFC South. Why not? Because uh, Why if, not? If it would be, I mean, maybe he tag teams with Sean Payton somewhere down the road. That just came to my mind oh, when you brought up Oh, that's a good call. New that's going to be annoying. That will be very annoying. Oh, uh, the Sean Payton aspect of this is going to be supremely irritating. That's a, a tampering special for you there. But, yeah, I mean, or or it's Carolina or, or New Orleans. I mean, those are equivalents. But I don't think he wants to stay in the NFC South and play his Bucks two times a year. Now that we have confirmed, we have confirmed via ourselves this that just Tom in. Brady is going to play next year because he is divorcing Giselle Bündchen. That relationship appears to be done. That first reported by the New York Post, but we are very recklessly reporting now here on Ken Levick Alive that Tom Brady will absolutely, with Giselle out of the picture, be playing in 2023. Where do you think Tom Brady will be quarterback next year? 888 Six eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six and tweeted us at KLV one zero six three. Let me tell you about Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. It's where I got my Kia K five GT. It's where you're going to have the best car buying experience. Also, breaking news here on Ken Levick Alive. Uh, I will never go to another car dealership. There we go. I have reported it. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach Military Trail, half mile south, the Palm Beach International Airport. It's where I got my Kia K five GT. And again, the selection is incredible. A lot of car dealerships say it, but all you have to do is go to GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com, look at the selection online, then see it in person when you show up, and man, it will blow your mind. But the service, you're not pressured. You test drive the car. They help you find what you're looking for, and you drive off the lot a happy person in your Greenway Kia because you don't have to worry about the money. There is a credit clinic. There are bank reps on site. Even if your credit is bad, they are working super hard to get you in a spot where your monthly payment is going to be sweat-free. That's Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach.com. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Military Trail, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport. We've also been discussing who's done the best NFL coaching job through four weeks, Ryan tweets, it's got to be McDaniel. Wins against Belichick, Harbaugh, McDermott have elevated the Dolphins into the top five in power rankings. I can't even remember the last time that the Dolphins were even in the top ten. This is preseason 06 with Culpepper hype, but the Dolphins are actually coming through. It's not bad. So a vote for Mike McDaniel. Now, this is interesting 
Toby, he tweets in, Pete Carroll, 2-2 two and two with a quarterback who's outperforming their decade-long franchise QB. Let's look at the quarterbacks in that division, okay? You've got Geno. You've got Jimmy G. You've got Matt Stafford. You've got Kyler Murray. Can you make a case through the first month that Geno's been the best quarterback? <laughs> it's it's He's like, been a lot better than Russ. It is. Yes, he has been better than Russ. Um, I, I laugh when I think about it, but if you put all of them up against one another, sure, there's no appreciable difference between any of them and what Geno's done so far. All those teams are 2-2, two and two and Geno's been fine? <laughs> fine. Isn't that what you're asking from him? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're asking for fine. And I can see him slipping in a wild card. And if they do get in the playoffs, then I think we do have to have that Pete Carroll Coach of the Year discussion. Oh, my God. I thought we were done with them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we Os- all did. Osmataz says uh, Nick Sirianni. Of course. It is, of course. That goes without saying. And it we does. haven't brought up his name because I think that that's just so obvious. Like, fine, Mike Greenberg can say Mike McCarthy all he wants, but Nick Sirianni's in that division, which immediately disqualifies Mike McCarthy from the coach of the year conversation in the first four weeks. Yeah, Sirianni is the leader in the clubhouse. Where are the Eagles flawed? Like, where are their weaknesses? Because I don't, I don't know. Yeah, you can't say as far as... The uh, defense is awesome. The run game, because Jalen Hurts is able to help that yeah. out when the numbers are low. Jalen Hurts... I mean, they when he throws the ball, it's high percentage throws. He's picking out receivers. He's under control. Taking his proper shots down the field. He takes care of the football largely. One of the best pass rushing defenses in the game right now. I don't know where their holes are at. I, I just don't know. They're, they're a Mack truck right now, and it's going to keep on coming. Uh, Eric says, Dable. You can definitely make the case. He has had, he has absolutely nothing other than Saquon. On offense. I mean, absolutely nothing, including the human piece of white bread, Daniel Jones. Yep. He beat the Bears with Saquon Barkley spending multiple possessions just taking direct snaps. Running some zone read. Running back some there. zone. Exactly. It was a high school offense, and they found a way to increase their lead on the Bears on Sunday. The scary part about that is I don't think they necessarily practiced that, right? Because you, you traveled your two quarterbacks. Like, you just mm-hmm. said Tyrod Taylor was going to go in the game, but at some point at halftime or just on the sideline, you say, hey, Saquon, we're going to have you run some zone read, some zone option, and uh, get in there and do your best. And he looked damn good doing it. Like, that was... And how humiliating is that for the Bears? <laughs> where you know what's coming, and then you can't stop it, and... Your quarterback, you know your quarterback's going to be incapable of pulling you back into that game. Ugh. I I don't know what to say with Justin Fields. I want to be fair to him, but that whole thing is starting to feel like it's not good. It's definitely not good. And and before we get to break, I, I want to throw this out there and, and see if it sticks as far as Tom Brady destinations. So, and again, uh, you heard it here first. Tom Brady will play again in 2023. There will be no retirement, and we know this because the New York Post is reporting that Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchin have hired divorce lawyers. They are divorcing. So you know what that means. Tommy's just going to keep on playing, baby. You ready for this one? All right. It's a reunion with a certain somebody. Oh, God. He's who, going to New England. Who he's thrown touchdowns with, oh. or two, the Tennessee Titans and Mike Vrabel. Get, oh. rid, get rid of oh. Tannehill. Oh, I thought you were going to say Belichick. Give him hell no. I would trade Mac Jones in a second for value to go get Tom Brady. Bill Belichick and him still don't speak. They don't yeah. want none of that. Yeah. Go get Derrick Henry. Go get a decent defense. Go go 
reunite with Mike Vrabel. I think they'd be a serious team in, a, in an easily winnable division, which is, I think Tom Brady's looking for at this point at, at 67 years old. That's a great one. That's a great one. E- easily get to the playoffs. You'll skate to the playoffs. Breaking news here on ESPN 106.3. <laughs> Actually, I don't think the station wants us to associate this with them. On Ken Levick Alive, Tom Brady will play for three teams <laughs> next year. <laughs> one of three teams next year. The San Francisco 49ers, the New York Giants, or the Tennessee Titans. Ken Levick Alive reporting one of three teams will have the services of Tom Brady next year. Because we're reporting he's going to play next year. We have no sources to back that up. Zero. But this is a news-breaking assumption because he's divorcing Giselle Bündchen. And suddenly, he has one less distraction. Where will Tom Brady play next year? And who's the best NFL coach through four weeks? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. He's Tony Banowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063.